everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly O Show. On today's episode, I am joined by Elena Kunicki, and I actually stumbled on her on Instagram and immediately reached out to her to ask her to be on the show. What I saw that made me say, my audience is really going to love her is she puts up quite a lot of amazing content about body image. Um, it seemed when I first glanced at, you know, again, some of her content that she had a history, not only is she currently a, a dietitian who works with women, helping them get over a lot of their eating issues, not just showing them, Hey, here's the, here's some good foods to eat and whatnot, but helping them get past their eating issues. So many of us deal with anxiety uh, and worry and distress around eating. Um, Certainly if you're in the fitness space, it's very easy, as we all know, to go from a healthy obsession to an unhealthy obsession and from some ordered ways of eating to disordered ways of eating. And she seems to have a really good grasp on not only body image, but sensible eating. And you guys have heard a lot of the episodes recently that we've been putting up are, and that's what I'm in favor of. They're really starting, there's a good amount of people, Elena would be one of them, who's putting out some amazing messaging that I think needs to be heard by more of us. And it's, it's almost a return to common sense. I think that unfortunately, a lot of what's happened in the past couple of decades with fitness is it's it's gone to the extreme. There's an overwhelming amount of misinformation out there or contradictory information that can end up confusing and overwhelming a lot of us. And quite frankly, I think I can speak from experience that when you are presented with a lot of misinformation, with a lot of conflicting information, those of us that are perfectionists, those of us that are impatient, that would be me and many of you, you can tend to try to apply all of these principles, right? And there's a lot of stuff that's been permeating the fitness space. And this is a lot of what we've been talking about in recent episodes, where you find yourself trying to not only reach for ideals or aesthetics from a body perspective, right? Because we see so many airbrushed, photoshopped, lightroomed images on Instagram and in celebrities, certainly. Um, But then we have all of these messages like, you know, don't eat carbs, don't eat brown rice, don't eat white potatoes, white potatoes are bad, don't eat sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes are, you know, they're tubers, so they're bad. You know, these are all things that I could go on and on and on about all the conflicting fitness and nutrition information I've been given, you know, don't eat rice, or if you're going to eat rice, eat white rice. No, if you're going to eat rice, eat brown rice, but brown rice is more processed than white rice. I mean, on and on and on. Um, don't eat, don't drink carbonated beverages. I heard that from one of my trainers, like all carbonated beverages are bad. And then you've got some trainers who are like, you know, a diet soda is not going to kill you. Then you've got some that insist that diet soda is going to make you fat. I mean, you go on and on and on. It's enough to make you become obsessive. And certainly many of us, myself included, have been there. 
And it can also win what I mentioned earlier, when a lot of us are comparing ourselves to all of these images, half of which or are, you know, close to half of which are Photoshop, Lightroomed, etc. online, you get to a place where you can have a really horrible sense of your own body. And your body image can just get so distorted, um, that too can combine to be a very unhealthy um, situation emotionally for all of us. So when I saw Elena, what she was putting out, I realized this is somebody who's very comfortable in her own skin, really knows what she's talking about from a nutritional and dietary perspective, and really just has a, a great point of view. And further, you'll see when we talk in this interview, she has her own history in dealing with binge eating, um, anxiety around food, disordered eating, um, overtraining, all of those things that you know I want all of us to become more aware of so that we can recognize it in our own fitness journey and get past it. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Now, we did go about 45 minutes, and so I'm going to leave this as a one-part episode again. I'm really open. If you guys want to let me know your feedback, historically, I tend to break episodes up into two parts, but some of you have written in and said, hey, I don't care how long the episode is, just leave it as one long episode. So please don't hesitate to give me your feedback. You can always use the contact me form at kellyalexa.com. Let me know what you like. Again, use that same form if you want to nominate somebody that I interview on the show in the future, or if you would like to inquire about advertising rates. But for now, Sit back and enjoy. This is about a 44, 45 minute episode and an interview that um, I know you'll love with Elena Kunicki. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Kelly O Show. As you know, today on the show, I am joined by Elena Kunicki. And I, I discovered her on Instagram and was so, I loved everything she had on her channel. So I totally stalked her like I do with so many guests. And I'm like, you, you have to come on the show because she has a lot of content out there and she is a nutritionist, but in her very profile, which I'm looking at right now, she talks about, you know, she helps people overcome binge eating, food anxiety. And also I didn't even realize this, Elena, but it says here, you know, you talk about getting your period back without birth control. All of these things that I just mentioned, this is something, these are hot topics in our community and in the audience listening to the show. A ton of women, and we have talked about this a lot on the show, have emotional eating, binge eating. I certainly have dealt with it. It certainly rears its ugly head in my life. Um, food anxiety, 1000%. Um, I'm getting better with that now that I've uh, recently gotten back to basics with some just mm-hmm. caloric deficit focus, but there's a lot of women out there who are obsessing about eating an apple or, you know, yeah. having a starchy carb. And then lastly, you know, with getting your period back, there are quite a lot of women who are, I mean, I've talked to two last week that are like, I haven't had my period in three months and I don't know what's going on. So mm. I, we might not touch on that topic today, but we are going to have you back on the show. Um, but again, for everybody listening, this is why I stalked her. She has outstanding content. Um, and I know this is going to be a great conversation and you're going to want to hear this perspective. So let's get started. Elena, are you ready to go? Yes, let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Well, every time I have somebody on the show uh, for the first time, I always like to hear this is for my own uh, self, but also for our audience. You know, tell us about your fitness story, you know, when was it in your life and, and you're very young, but when was it that you first became interested in food and diet and working out? When was that for you and why? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, everybody's story, I feel like with this stuff is, is long, so I won't go into everything. You know, you could ask questions if you want more details on any part of it, but basically Growing up, I was actually never into fitness or, you know, didn't care about healthy eating or anything like that. It was not on my radar. Um, Looking back, I was like, I was an active kid. I enjoyed being outside. I loved nature. And I definitely moved my body in my own way. But my parents would try to get me to play sports and I was not having it. I did gymnastics for a little bit. Yeah, not interested. I did gymnastics for a little bit, but that didn't really last either. I like dance. I was kind of like an artsy kid, but was not into any sort of exercise. So then, um, well, I was also kind of a chubby kid and that was always a struggle for me. So we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that because that kind of influenced my whole story as well. Sure. So then around high school is when I first decided I wanted to start getting into fitness and like prioritizing nutrition or healthy eating. 
but really it was all with the the goal of just losing weight. No other, no goal of getting healthy. Like it wasn't about my health or just trying to start enjoying fitness or finding a way to exercise that was enjoyable. It was really all just to feel like it was all just to lose weight for me to feel better about myself because I had deficits in like my self-confidence, my self-esteem, just because I, I considered myself chubby and never really, never really did any sort of any exercise. So when you look back at that time, do you think, you know, in retrospect, did you need to lose weight or were you, was it mostly in your head? Like, were you mostly like, maybe you had a couple extra pounds, but, but it was peer pressure. I'm just curious. Yeah. So I think what it really was is that, like I said, I, I was always a normal weight kid, but just not thin. And I think when I was younger, it didn't really bother me. But then as I got closer to puberty, you know how they say some kids grow tall and then they grow with wise or that yeah. it sometimes it's the opposite. I grew with wise. I grew with wise first. It was right before I got my first period. So I know like that's basically what was happening. It's very common to happen with women around puberty. Mm-hmm. And I think that once that happened, it like really, really ingrained in me. Cause like I said, I had thin friends. I, people would make comments at school, you know, I'd get like fat jokes and stuff like that. Even though mm-hmm. I was not like a fat kid, I was just chubbier. Looking back, I realized that, but Um, I think that really, that really just stuck with me. So then even when I did get taller and stretched out and then just became again, like just a normal size person and not thin, like I probably could have gotten, gotten, gained more muscle and maybe leaned out a little bit and recomped a little bit, but it was nothing insane. But because I had that experience of having that period of time where I, I was chubby and I started to care about boys, it was like, it was all was lost at that point. It was, I just wanted to be as thin as possible. Um, if that makes sense. So I think oh, I yeah. didn't really have a bunch of weight to lose, but at that point I kind of just internalized it and was like, yeah, I need to be super thin now. Is that when, so did you, did you start dieting? Was, did you start working out at that time or was it? Just- yeah. Yes. So in high school, I was actually like, I was a very rebellious kid. Like I said, I didn't really care about nutrition. I kind of had that like invincibility type mindset that, that kids often have or teenagers often have. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I would drink in school. I smoked cigarettes. I just did not care. And you so are a rebel. You're yes. a badass. <laughs> yes. I was such a nerd. I swear to God. Oh my God. I'm a nerd now. I, I became a nerd <laughs> in college. It was like reverse. It was so strange. My, <laughs> my friends are still like, I don't know what happened to you. You changed entirely as a person. <laughs> but so we'll get into that too, because I feel like some of that was attributed to fitness. Like getting into fitness changed me so positively as a person. Like I said, mm-hmm. I became like disciplined, I actually gave a shit about my health and, and, and prioritizing nutrition. And that just made me more mature. It made me more, more responsible. It made me more caring of the people around me. And I kind of like grew up quickly, I think because of that, but at the, on the same token, that was kind of like a, a positive side effect of it. But like I said, it was all about aesthetics and like improving my self-esteem when I started. You made such a great point there that I want to call attention to it because yeah, I think what you said there was, was pretty profound. And I've, I've, you know, it's, I think people who get healthy, we're so passionate to help other people. And sometimes the people who are, you know, not at all working out or eating healthy and they're, you know, we can see they're, they, it, it, it's there. It, some of, I can't talk. Some of them are to the extreme. They're very heavy. They, you know, they're sweating a lot. They can't, you know, you can see that it's really affecting their health with some people. Mm-hmm. It's maybe just a challenge, whatever. But I, I do absolutely believe, and this is something for all of us who are trying to help other people in our lives get healthier. It, it really does permeate once you start pursuing a healthier lifestyle and a more fit lifestyle, there is a confidence that comes with that. Um, Mm -hmm. and a, and a belief in yourself that, you know, like I think back to the person I was before I started getting fit and how as an adult, you would give into peer pressure, you know, people who want you to eat this or drink this or go out and you don't stand up for yourself because you really don't have any, any principles. Like, why would I not go out drinking? Why would I not pig out? Why would I not eat all this crap food? But then when you start to realize what your body's capable of, you can stand up more and go, you know what, this is what's important to me. And suddenly you do, you carry yourself differently. And there is a level of maturity, I think, that people don't realize. So for all of us who are trying to help become an influence on others, I think that's something we should be sharing as well is just 
hey, you know, this is something that once you start, you know, shaping up your life, your whole life will get shaped up, not just your body. And I do, I think that's a, a wonderful side effect. And I, I love how you, you brought that up because that's, that's deep. Um, so I yeah. apologize again for interrupting you, but that was a really great point. No, no, I appreciate it. Cause if not, I would just talk forever. So it's good to, to hop in there. We're um, a good match then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. It was, it was a very, very positive side effect, but I think, and aesthetic goals, you know, they're completely fine. They're, they're fun. Like it's, it, I think it's totally cool to have them, but when it's the number one top motivator is it's that's, that's your motivation for working out, for eating healthy. It's only just to only to look better. And it's, very, very tied to how you feel about yourself and your self-esteem and your self-worth, that's where problems start to arise, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So for me, it was all, that was the main motivator. So even though getting into fitness, so what looked, what that looked like for me was in the beginning was just running. I feel like a lot of people just start with running or jogging. It's very accessible. Um, I couldn't even run a mile when I first started, like on the treadmill but I was attempting to, I was weaning myself off cigarettes at the age of 16, which is insane. But I was starting to run. I was trying to, trying to go to the gym, run the treadmill. Um, and like I said, it wasn't about health. So with food, I was just trying whatever diet I could find on the shelf of like my mom's diet books, because my mom also kind of struggled throughout her life with being chubby and then trying to lose weight and yo-yo dieting. Um, so I would just do weird ass random diets that really had nothing to do with health. It was just all about like doing extreme shit to try to lose weight and they wouldn't work. Basically I would go on a diet for like a week or two and then I would, I would binge and break the diet. But looking back, like what, what a binge meant to me then versus what it meant to me later on when I was deeper in were kind of two different things, but I had like my first taste of feeling out of control and not being able to stick to diets when I started. So that's what fitness looked like for me in the beginning. I wouldn't even consider it fitness because I think it was very like unfit. It was just all about trying to push my body to a limit. It was all about extremes. Um, It was all about just losing as much weight as possible. And I really didn't care about health. So that's kind of how it started. (laughs) We could talk about very common, you know, I, I mean, would you agree that like, I mean, even, you know, people, I see it all the time, folks from my um, corporate America time, you know, I, I see them and, and I, I constantly will see somebody put something up on Facebook, like, Oh, you know, that's it. I just, you know, got a physical and my doctor told me I'm 50 pounds overweight. And I, I I mean, I've seen this quote like five times, should I get a Peloton or should I do keto? And I'm like, Oh my God. And, And they're just, you, on one hand, you want to punch them because they're so misinformed. And then on the other hand, you just want to hug them and go, please let me help you understand things like the, the, the more that you look at something like what is the quickest, fastest way for me to beat my body up into shape, it's it doesn't work that way. It's like you yeah. can't just decide today, I want to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and put a couple nickels in, you know, one day and, and all of a sudden that's gonna grow. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. There's more effort, yeah. there's more consistency, and people just yeah, they look at it as like, how can I beat myself up and punish myself the hardest amount over the shortest period of time and then move past it as opposed to looking at like, I really need to change my life. Like, how did I get here? Um, so yeah, I think that what you did is very common and what, what I see, that's, that's why I'm doing the show. So we can educate more people on like, Hey, it's not just go get on the treadmill for 50 minutes every night. It's more. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like part of that, this is definitely the case for me and a lot of the women I see in my practice is part of what gets us to that point where we feel like we just need to beat ourselves into shape or just go go to some extreme to try to reach our, our aesthetic goal as fast as possible is because we tie so much of our worth as people to how we look. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, it, of course, it's going to make you super eager to be like, let me just get to this ideal body as fast as possible. When in reality, one, we know that doesn't really work. It needs to be a slower and more sustainable process for the results to be sustained. But when you have that feeling like I'm only going to be worthy once I look this way, then of course you're going to want to do whatever you can, you can do to get there as fast as possible. So I feel like that's why what I talk about now, I mean, what I talk about now is very niche and specific in terms of like my marketing and who I work with, but just what I wish I could go and tell a woman in my position or women trying to get healthier, get fit or whatever. It's just to like, 
work on self-worth and self-love as along the way as you're doing this because mm. you're not going to all of a sudden get to this body and then you're going to love yourself. That's not how it works because I was at my thinnest and reaching my goal body and I felt like absolute shit and we can talk about that too. Mm. Um, so yeah, just want to throw that out there. I think that's well, a really important part of this. I, I absolutely agree. And I'm somebody who is an example of, I, I just, everything you just said, I, I know, and I've, I've only been working on this in myself. In other words, being kinder to myself, appreciating myself, um, not filling my brain with self-loathing because I, I, I'll be honest, I'd be lying if I told anybody like, I don't think I should even leave the house until I'm at my perfect weight. And the truth is, I'm 50. I've never once been at what I feel is my perfect weight. I've definitely had times where I'm like, oh, I looked really good there. And then immediately when I say, oh, this phase, I was this weight and, and I looked good. And then I'll immediately start cutting it. But actually, I still didn't look good in a bikini. But actually, I still had big thighs or whatever. I just, mm -hmm. I've never been satisfied with myself. And I know how fucked up that is. And yeah. the amount of self-loathing and self-deprecation that I've put myself through um, picking myself apart in the mirror. Um, and, and the truth is like deep inside of me, what goes through my head is I'm like, I, I, I'm so gross. I can't go outside. I can't let my man, I shouldn't even, my man should break up with me because I'm so gross. Like I yeah. go, that's the messed up mindset that I've worked on. And it really took for me just in the last year, like going, but, and somebody said it to me, they're like, Stop trying to fit into what you can't fit in right now. Buy some clothes that you feel great in and, mm -hmm. and like live along the way. What, and, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm, I'm getting better at it. And I, and I have a wonderful, amazingly supportive man who makes me feel like I'm a penthouse model every single day. That's amazing. I mean, every, even when I've had like at my absolute worst, he, I felt like a, a Miss America every time I walk into the room, but <laughs> I just, I really did. It, it was, it's, it's work. I don't think it's easy for any woman. It is work, but it can actually get better. Cause I will tell you guys, like, first of all, spanks are a wonderful thing. <laughs> we should <laughs> embrace spanks, get yourself a bigger size, feel good, go out along the way and stop thinking that the whole world is obsessing about you and making fun of you because they really have better things to do than to be staring you down and making fun of what you think. I mean, I will literally walk in the gym and think everyone is whispering about my arms. Like, oh my God, her arms are not as chiseled as they used to be. I really think yeah. everyone thinks that. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of women who have absolutely unreasonable thoughts like that? Oh, hell yes. Okay. I thought you were ready to go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've been there and all the women I work with virtually have been there. I mean, I think that's, that's really where this stuff comes from. It's just, we think that people, we're, body image is so, the way we see ourselves is influenced. We think that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, it's like, this is what it is. This is what I look like. But honestly, your mind plays tricks with you. Like it's, it's not a joke. You, what you see in the mirror is influenced by way more than just just your reflection. It's like your mindset on any given day about how, how you feel, like what, how, how your last workout was, comments people have made to you, like it all influences how you see yourself. And we just, we spend too much time focusing on that as women, I think. And when you can kind of let go of that a little bit and, and sort of work on, like you said, like loving yourself and being kind to yourself along the way, even if you do have a weight loss goal or a fat loss goal or whatever it is, it's, it's just going to make the process easier. It's going to make it easier, more enjoyable, and then it's going to allow you to sustain results faster, which is what I wish I would have told myself when I first started out. So it would have saved me like six years of pain. Yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. it, I'm sure that, and I want to dive into the binge topic because you have yeah. a history with it. Obviously I do a ton of our community uh, deals with this, whether it's binge eating, stress eating, we binge because we're stressed, emotional eating, whatever it is. They, I think a lot of those things overlap, but really yeah. the, the vast majority of women are dealing with this. But I will say that, you know, cause I think some people who are listening, they hear about things like self-love and, you know, you've got to respect yourself along the way. And they just think it sounds so far-fetched because of how yeah. they've treated themselves. And what I can tell you is it, it really is just a, for me, it's a process that begins with, utter awareness, like just catching yourself 
of, you know, why am I picking myself apart and then going, okay, wait, you're doing it again. And you do, you have to kind of get comfortable when you're alone in your house, having an inner dialogue with yourself, which can seem really weird. But the truth Mm -hmm. is, I can tell you from somebody who spent most of my adult life bashing myself and getting nowhere. Ultimately, here's a good thing. Somebody said to me one time, and it was my trainer. He, I told him about, you know, how I pick myself apart, how I'm, you know, weighing myself, measuring myself every day. I think I'm gross, all of this. He's like, let me ask you this. You've been doing this for what, five years now? He said, is it helping you reach your goal? You know, it's essentially like, how's that working out for you? And so for a lot of you listening, if you've been beating yourself up, that was one of the things I decided when I turned the corner this year after being sick for so long, I said, I am going to treat myself the opposite of how I've done it for the past three to four years. I'm going to get rid of the self-loathing. I'm going to accept the fact that, you know, I've missed half a year of training. My arms have more jiggle on them. I'm going to talk about it and let people know, hey, guess what? My arms have more jiggle on them. Get over it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be transparent and accept myself and love myself. It's a pretty damn good feeling that it all begins with awareness. So just for everybody listening, if this sounds completely unachievable for you, Trust me, it's a process, but it all begins with awareness. And you really can start to have a different relationship with yourself versus beating yourself up. Because ultimately, what is beating yourself up? What has it gotten you? If you can actually say it's done anything good, keep doing it. I, I guarantee you none of you can. So let's, yeah. let's dive into this whole binge eating thing because everybody deals with it. What is, when did you start it? You know, I think, was it in high school that you started doing some binge stuff? Yeah, so I'll I'll kind of explain how it how it changed throughout my whole kind of fitness journey. But so yeah, like I said, I feel like my first kind of taste of it was when I would when I would do different kind of old school crash diets from diet books that my mom had, I would, you know, go on some cleanse or some weird, really weird, like food combining diet for a few weeks. And then after a few weeks, I would binge on some not not permitted food. And then I would feel terrible about myself. I would feel like I was a failure. I couldn't stick to the diet. Um, and it was, it sucked. And it was like, definitely an, took an emotional toll on me, but it wasn't to the extent that it, it turned out to be later on. So that continued throughout high school. When I got to college, it continued throughout college for a little while. And then finally, I decided that I was going to do one of these crazy cleanses. It was called the master cleanse. Have you heard of this? Where you drink lemon water with cayenne pepper and maple syrup. for Isn't that what Beyonce did for a while? Yes. yes. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. I did this for 10 days. You literally are like peeing out of your asshole. Sorry for the graphics, but it is. That's sexy. (laughs) Oh God. It's terrible. You, and you, I mean, you do lose weight, but it is, (laughs) you lose a bunch of water weight basically and are just starving yourself for 10 days. When I did this though, it worked, like I actually did it. And I was like, wow, I never thought I'd be able to not eat and just drink whatever cleanse juice for 10 days, but I did this. So it gave me like this sense of discipline that I, I had never really tasted before. And for some reason, when I did that, everything changed. It like gave me that that sense of like, okay, I can actually do this, these hard things, which is a good, to me, it's a good sentiment to instill in somebody like, yes, that's, that's a positive thing. Like you can do hard shit. You can be disciplined. And definitely since then I have become, like I said, I have a really, really strong work ethic. I'm an entrepreneur now. And like, none of that would have seemed possible if somebody met me in high school when I was smoking cigarettes and drinking like in school and cutting class or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but that really changed things for me. And then that led me down a path to continue to lose weight, track map. Start, I started tracking calories. I started running more. I worked up to running like eight miles a day plus going wow. to the gym. Yeah. And eating like pretty low calories. I didn't really know about macros or lifting at that point. Um, so it, I succeeded, like I said, finally, and actually did lose weight. I lost like 20 pounds, um, which was too much for me. Like I said, I was not overweight. Like I was just a normal size girl and I probably could have put on some muscle. If I had just started lifting and like eating enough protein, I would have easily recomped and had like a nice, you know, leaner fit physique and not have issues. But instead I took it to an extreme, (laughs) didn't know about lifting, didn't know about protein. And I lost way too much weight for my body. I was not underweight by BMI standards, but I was definitely underweight for my body. 
Um, I lost my period. I developed cystic acne. I lost all sense of any sort of sex drive, which sucks when you're a single girl in college. No kidding. Um, did not care about boys. Like literally was flat lines. Like I, I, a guy would come up to me at a party and I would literally be like, I couldn't give a shit about you. Like I really wow. don't care. Yeah. Um, I started to get anxiety around food, even though I was still, I wasn't binging at this point. I was sticking to my like super low calories. I was sticking like regimented exercise every day, never missed a run, never missed a a workout in the gym. Um, But I was, things were not good. My digestion was bad. So I went to the doctor because I had no period for like nine months and they told me, well, you're, you're not underweight and you seem like you just, you're healthy, you exercise a lot. So we're just going to put you on the pill. And that of will regulate your cycles. Yep. So that's I'm the answer sure we'll to everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll go. That's a whole nother story. I'm sure we can go. We'll go into that maybe in a, in a future episode or yes. something. But um, for sure, the period stuff, the birth control stuff, that's like a super big passion of mine, because that was a point where if somebody could have intervened and said, hey, yeah, you're not underweight based on BMI standards, but something's going on, but whatever. We'll talk about that in a, <laughs> a Yeah, let's days. have a whole, let's have you back and we'll do a whole show on birth control and your period because yeah, so many people don't a, know. It's a huge topic. Yeah. I, I mean, but, I know that when I look back at, and I'll just give you guys a little preview, like I've, I've mentioned this in other shows, but I'm, I'm very passionate about the pill too, because I was on the pill for 25, probably 23, 25 years. And mm-hmm. I first went when I was 19. And the truth is like, I was not somebody whoever was aware of needing or wanting to lose weight. And I went on the pill at 19. And that's when I became very curvy. I got bigger boobs, bigger. Mm-hmm. And I was curvy anyway. I, I got like the curvy body from my mom. But it's so obvious that my body began to change when I went on the pill. And that's when I became prone to, you know, just it was easier for me to gain weight. It was harder for me to lose it. Um, and it created just a host of problems. And so many women don't know because they're just put on the pill like it's candy from any OBGYN. So yeah, let's, we'll have you back on the show. We'll talk just about birth control. We really need to address that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So yeah, so that happened. I was put on the pill. So kind of some of these symptoms that were pretty glaring and might've, might've led me at that point to try to find a better, healthier, more sustainable relationship with fitness and with food were kind of masked by the pill. So my period were, it's, you don't really get a period on the pill, but I had a withdrawal bleed from the yeah. pill. So that made me feel like I was getting a period every month. It helped my sex drive a little bit, um, come back up and it, it helped my acne. So those symptoms were gone. So I continued to do what I was doing, but then the next symptom that came that really made me feel like, okay, well now something has to change is I started binging at least once a week. So what binges looked like at this period, at this point, were different than how they felt in high school when I first started getting those tastes, those tastes of binging. So literally it felt like an out-of-body experience. Like I felt like I was, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like it was just my my mind was split and I could not control myself. All of a sudden I just needed food and it was like I would, I would sneak food. I would steal food from other people. Like my roommate in college, I would literally eat her food. And after I'd, I would be like, it was like coming out of a dream. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And how is this possible? Because I felt like everybody would compliment, complimented me. Of course, when I went through this whole kind of fitness journey, they're like, wow, you're so healthy. You're so fit now. And I would come out of these binges feeling like such a fraud. Like, wow, I, I, I can't believe this is happening. I was getting, I was afraid that I was going to go back to my old weight. I was afraid that I was going to become that person that I was before I got into fitness. Cause like I said, I changed entirely as a person. So there's lots of emotions surrounding it. And basically weekly, sometimes more than once a week, um, this would happen. And my body image for the next three or four days, I would look at myself in the mirror and literally see a different person. Um, it was terrible like I it would it was just a cycle literally I would go through the cycle weekly and it was feeling it was just me feeling like I had like a double life like I was so into fitness so disciplined so regimented most of the time and then every week the binge monster would come out I would call it binge mode where I was I was just uncontrollable and it started with it started with like quote-unquote healthy foods like whatever I had in my in my dorm or in my apartment in college so it would be like peanut butter, yogurt, nuts, like whole grain cereal, whatever I had lying around. 
But then over time, because this continued for like five more years, it morphed into bigger binges, more like junk food as part of the binges. And it just got worse and worse. Um, so yeah, that's really how that's really how binging started. And after a year or so of me struggling with that, I stopped running because I got injured. And I didn't really know what to do because running had become like my thing. Um, but I started dating my boyfriend at the time where he's still my boyfriend now. Um, he was into lifting and he was like, why don't you try this? Like, this might be better for your joints. This might be something for you to try. Um, and I started lifting and I started following like bodybuilding.com workouts and lifting was like the first form of exercise that I actually loved because like I said, I was never into exercise and even running. I really didn't like running. I just did it purely to lose weight. It was like, I would dread my runs, but I would still force myself to go out for like eight mile runs. And I would only feel better after I ran just because I felt like, okay, I checked that, that off the box. Off, I checked that box today. And now I know I've burned X amount of calories and I'm, I'm feeling good because of that. With, with lifting, I literally look forward to every workout and I still do today. So that's why I'm super passionate about that. Um, but with the lifting world came macros and it was just another opportunity for me to continue to try to eat less, lose even more fat. Um, and it just kept me, I kept in that cycle of like trying to be in a caloric deficit, like very, very extreme caloric deficit throughout the week and then binging on the weekends. Um, yeah. And that continued for another four or five years. So what was it for you that got you? Cause it clearly you're talking about it, like it's in the past and now you're a registered dietitian, you have clients, and this is what you work with them on. I'm not suggesting that you're, you're perfect because a lot of people, you know, it, it can rear its ugly head, right? Like I used to emotionally eat a lot. I used to anger eat a lot. I don't mm -hmm. want to say I, I don't, I've, I've definitely, I, I can catch myself and talk myself, have, a, I, I have a more reasonable conversation with myself than before where mm -hmm. I would allow like an internal conversation to happen. I just went right to the food. And like you, I would do it in secret. I would go to Burger King drive through. That was my thing. I would go to, when I lived in Chicago, I would go to Burger King and get a Whopper with cheese and fries and a Diet Coke. I'd eat the whole thing, mm -hmm. throw all the evidence away. Even though I lived by myself, I didn't want anybody mm -hmm. to like show up at my house and see Burger King. Cause I'm trying mm -hmm. to like have this, you know, I'm dieting, I'm working out, I'm doing Tybo. Um, and so I did everything in secret. Now it can definitely rear its head, but you're, you're speaking as if, you know, this is in the past. You, you must've had a moment where you got some clarity and started to move in a different direction. So what was that for you? And what, what did that, how did you start to kind of break free of this, this bad cycle? Yeah. So like I said, it was a long struggle with it. I felt, I, I tried everything like throughout this period of time, I was constantly, since the binges started, I was constantly looking for a way to try to stop them. Mm -hmm. And I tried bunch of a bunch of different books a bunch of different approaches i tried i saw you interview jordan syatt on your podcast i mm -hmm. love his approach like i tried more flexible dieting um creating a caloric deficit but still being like trying to be more flexible with my food choices i even tried bulking because i was kind of like you know cutting and bulking when it comes to body i was very into like the bodybuilding style of, of training and nutrition so mm -hmm. i was constantly trying to cut because i was trying to get back to my to my previous weight before i started binging so I was like, well, let me try bulking since cutting's not working. Let me see if that works. That didn't work either for helping me stop binging. I still binged. So finally, what finally worked, I even tried, you've heard of intuitive eating, right? Yeah. Doesn't so work for me. <laughs> I read the book intuitive eating and I tried, tried going about that and that didn't work for me either. So what finally worked for me, um, and this was really, I, I, I started, I reached out and started working with somebody. Um, on actually another dietitian. I wasn't a dietitian at this point, but what really worked for me was realizing that I needed to basically let, basically almost allow the binges. Um, it sounds crazy, but it, and it didn't really feel like a binge once I did allow it, but what I needed to do was let go of all, all restriction for me to stop binging completely because I had been severely, severely undernourished for my body, um, and over exercise and stressed out from all of, all of that. Cause it's stressful, um, for a long time. And that was just causing my body to have these, these reactions where I was literally having like a primal drive to mm. eat as much food as possible. 
because my body was perceiving itself to be basically in a famine. And it's like, well, we need to just get as much food as we can to save up for this because we're, we're starving, we're stressed out and, and we're not, we're not working properly. So what really, really finally helped me completely stop binging and I have not binged since this happened, um, since I started this process was letting go of all rules and restrictions around food. And it was scary. Um, it looked like not tracking macros anymore. It looked like eating more than I would ever thought I would possibly eat on a daily basis. I took, I took a break from lifting. Um, I really basically swung in the opposite direction of <laughs> restriction. And it was like, like I said, it was terrifying. It was going all in. It was, it was extreme. But after a few months of that, I kind of naturally came back into a balance where I started eating less. I didn't really crave certain foods anymore. I got my period back, which I know we'll talk about at a later, at a later date. But finally, yeah, that allowed me to start feeling more in control around food. And now I'm at a point where um, I'm still, you know, kind of just eating based off of hunger and fullness. But I've brought in, I've brought back fitness into my life and kind of prioritizing it from more of a flexible way, like we talked about, like, basically, it's like, I, I eat flexibly, but I prioritize protein, I prioritize nutritious mm -hmm. foods, I prioritize my lifts and exercise, basically what I wish I would have started with, when yeah. I wanted to get into in when I wanted to lose weight, I wish I would have just started with what I'm doing now. Um, but it basically took me swinging to the opposite extreme to, to find a balance and come back into the middle. You really articulated, um, you know, something that I think is, is really so, so key. Um, because when you said what I had to do was remove all restrictions. And to me, um, you know, when I, this was just December. So, you know, I, I've been somebody who's been at my fitness game. You know, I started working out, it was Tybo, you know, back in the VCR days, probably before you mm -hmm. were born, maybe I'm not sure, but you know, it was cardio and this was when I first got out of college and whatever. And so I've been starting to work out, you know, and, and continuing to work out and be a fitness fanatic for so many years. And truly I started to have challenges, um, when my hormones started changing. Um, and that's when I think I was perimenopause and, and just lots mm -hmm. of issues. And that was about six years ago. So the past six years have been very challenging for me where I, you know, suddenly everything I did before that kept me at a very, you know, solid weight and, and looking good. I still was never happy. They just didn't work. Yeah. But that began my period of this obsessive searching for the perfect set of rules and diet and macros and calories and the way to work out and how long to work out. And anything I'd find, I would enhance it with my own, well, if this calls for 30 minutes of cardio a day, I'm going to do 45. And then the next week I do 50. And the next week I do 55 because I was impatient. And then if they said eat 1300 calories, I'd eat a thousand. And then I work out. Yeah. And it was always just push, 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 rules, 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 restrictions, restrictions, restrictions. And I think that so many of us don't realize that we get to the point, women mostly, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some men, but yeah, you get so, and that's what We'll talk about, I think, when we have you back, we'll do part two of this episode. How about that? We'll do part mm -hmm. two of this episode, and then we'll have you back for the third episode where we talk about the period stuff, because I think we just scratched the surface here, and, and we are heading up on, you know, I've got to close up this episode, but this is really good stuff because, ladies, if you're listening and you're binging, if you can start to realize that probably why you're binging is you're so used to mentally denying yourself everything that it's far more a mental thing. It's pulling you into, I've got to have it. And then in my opinion, I think what happens is we finally say, screw this. I'm going to have that cheeseburger. And then we think immediately, well, I can only cheat for like eight hours. So then that's when the binge gets into not just a meal, but it's like, go to the grocery store, get Oreos, get frosting, get chips, because you think, well, I've given myself a go, so I'm going to, I'm going to really have all I, all I can. And then I'm going to get back on track and go hardcore tomorrow. So you, instead of just having some cookies, you have the whole grocery store and yep. it's all because you then say, I can't just have whatever I want to eat. I've got to get back into denial tomorrow. And that's, that's the bad thing. And for me, when I actually listened to Jordan Syatt and I started to do only caloric deficit and I let myself have whatever I want to eat. 
I, the biggest thing that came out of that for me was realizing how over obsessed I've been about food and perfection and worrying about my, you know, when my intermittent fasting window was closing and it just didn't matter. Cause I was eating like a lean cuisine, spinach pizza. That's the biggest joke on the planet. And everybody would give me 70 rules about why that's bad, but I ate what I wanted and I was still losing weight. And so yeah. I love that you brought up, it was about restrictions. So that's actually kind of a good trailer for when we have you back on the show. And I feel bad because we're just kind of getting into the meat of the topic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me, I want to, I want to just, I want to close out with just one, a few more things because you just said something that I just want to close out. So that people that Perfect. maybe are struggling with this, feel like they have something that they can kind of leave with. So yes, I want to just say that I really strongly, strongly believe from, you know, my, my education as a dietitian and working with women that binging is almost always the root cause of it is some sort of restriction, whether it's mental restriction, physically not eating enough food, um, or not enough of certain nutrients, like carbs are a big one nowadays, um, Mm -hmm. or mental, mental restriction, like restricting yourself, feeling guilty about, about eating or eating certain foods, or just like emotionally restricted. Maybe there's something going on emotionally that you need, you kind of need to work out. Maybe you need some therapy or there's really just a strong emotional, you're using food to cope and you don't have other good coping mechanisms in your life. But whatever it is, to me, those are all forms of restriction that need to be addressed. And that's at the root of, I would say 99.9% of binge eating cases. And like you said, as women, we don't just go by like even the, the craziest diet plans. We need to take that even a step further. And that ties back to what we were talking about in the beginning with self-esteem issues and, and whatever, you know, maybe that's something where you're tying your worth very much to your weight or how you look. And it's, it's making you super eager and not able to play the long game when it comes to any physique goals that you have. But I think, yes, for some women, it's just, it may just take, like you said, just focusing on a calorie deficit, continuing to prioritize fat loss, but allowing yourself more variety and more types of foods within that caloric deficit. And then for some moment, for some women, it's putting that caloric deficit on the back burner, putting fat loss way on the back burner. And Mm -hmm. that might be the one thing you haven't tried. You know, if you've tried everything, you feel like you've tried flexible dieting, you've tried calorie deficit and letting yourself eat what you want, but it's still happening. You're still struggling with constantly feeling out of control or anxious around food the one thing you might not have tried is to really put fat loss on the back burner. And I'm not saying everyone has to do this, It's not necessary for everybody, but it might be something for you to try because especially if you're into lifting or, or whatever it is, like there are positives of being in maintenance mode or even being in a surplus and gaining some weight, like the, the performance gains you could see in the gym, the, the muscle you can gain that maybe at a later date, if you decide you want to go back into fat loss from a more healthy and sustainable way, you can, you can have like more of a base that you're, that you're kind of shedding fat from. So I think we need to just remember as women, we're always pushed like fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. And yes, fat loss is fine, but consider that maybe not focusing on fat loss could one help you stop binge eating and help you kind of accomplish other goals in your life and in fitness as well. And it's always something you can return to at a later time, you know, from a healthier mindset and a healthier state of, of like a physical state. So I just wanted to put that's really true because I mean, I'm, I'm able to right now get into a place where I can really focus on, you know, dieting for a temporary, I had this awareness of like, somebody said, they're like, I think it was actually Jordan on one of his Instagram posts. He's like, we're not supposed to diet year round. Like we're not, but so many women, we, we get in such a bad place. And then because we're binging and we're in this, this bad cycle, we're never really making any progress. And so we're beating ourselves up. It's a perpetual cycle. And so for me, yeah, I have taken, and, and I was dealing with chronic pain. So I let myself you know, not worry about counting my calories and just eat what I needed to, to soothe myself and, and meaning make myself feel okay. Cause I was nauseated. I had headaches, all this stuff. And so you do, I absolutely agree with Elena. You have to be in the right mental spot to, to move and, and be healthy when you're dieting. And so back to what yeah. you said a second ago, there's nothing, it could be the greatest thing ever for you to say, you know what? I'm just going to eat what I want and try to just be reasonable and calm. 
and, and work and focus on my lifting and then mm -hmm. come back when you're in a better place emotionally and mentally, because you might surprise yourself at what will happen with your body when you stop stressing and obsessing about all of the food and all the things that you're, you're just jacking with your emotional state, you're jacking with your cortisol, you're jacking with everything. If you relax about that and let go of worrying about fitting in a size four before summer or a size 10, whatever it is, you might be surprised. So I know we went over Elena, so I have to wrap it up. Um, but we mm -hmm. will absolutely, um, I'm going to follow up with you. Let's have you back on the show to take this and make it part two. And then we'll have you back on the show separately to talk about, you know, your period and the birth control pill. Cause that's a hot topic we need to address as well. But for everybody listening, yeah. tell them where they can find you online. Cause I'm sure a lot of people would potentially like to reach out and, um, you know, hire you as well as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So my one and only platform that I kind of put everything on all my all my content there is weight.lifting.nutritionist. It's my Instagram handle. So you can come there and I talk all about these topics as well as hormonal health and period health and how it relates to your relationship with food and, and binging and, and fitness and lifting and all that stuff. So you can find me there. Shoot me a DM. I answer all my DMs and I'm, I'm yes. very active on Instagram. Um, and yeah, so on there, you can also find a link to my coaching application. I work with women one-on-one -on, -one on all of the topics we're talking about today, really trying to just figure out how you can take where you are now. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship with food. You're struggling with, with self-confidence and self-worth and not really making progress in the gym and get you to a place where you're getting a healthy period. You're not binge eating. You're feeling at peace around food so that you can find like me and Kelly were talking about on today's show that healthy and sustainable relationship with fitness. You can still have aesthetic goals, you can still work towards them, but I think you may need to kind of take the focus off them for a while and focus on really getting a good mindset around food in the gym. Um, and that's all what I work with women on in my, in my coaching. So you can find more information about that on my page. That's awesome. I'm so glad we connected. And thank you so much, Elena, for being on the show. This was awesome. I can't wait to have you back on. Um, you really know your stuff and you have a really good way of explaining it too. So thank you so much for everybody listening. Um, considering we are going to have her back on the show. Um, if you have specific questions you would like to see us uh, address in our part two of this episode. You know, it, it'll probably air in a week or so, depending on when we schedule. Um, but feel free to fill out the contact me form on kellyalexa.com. Let us know what questions you would like to see us answer, as well as questions for the next episode we'll do on birth control. Uh, if any of you have lost your period, if you're dealing with challenges around that, make sure you use that contact me form or just email kelly at kellyalexa.com. You can use the same method of contact if you're interested in sponsoring future episodes on the show or if you would like to inquire and nominate somebody that I interview for the show, we can get you scheduled there as well. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Elena for being on the show today. We will see everybody next time on the Kelly O Show. Thank you. Hey, everybody, you've reached the end of this interview with Elena Kunicki. I hope you enjoyed it. I will link up to everything we referenced in this show on the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. If you have any questions for me on this episode, on future episodes, we are going to have her back on the show. You can use the contact me form at kellyolexa.com. You can also use that same form if you'd like to inquire about advertising opportunities on this show uh, for the rest of this year or to nominate somebody that you think would be a great guest on the show in the future. If you are enjoying the content that we are putting out here, I'd love it, love, love, love it if you would share with your friends on social media. If you would take the time as well to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast listening platform of choice that helps this show get seen and heard by more people. And you know, we put a lot of time and effort into producing this show. So it's much appreciated. You guys have a great rest of the day. I'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.